0: So I'd say this is as good as a point as any to start the show. This is Longbox Heroes After Dark, episode 245.
1: 245. Mm-hmm. We're, getting up. we're getting old.
0: Well, again, you know, everything combined, we're up over 700 episodes of this podcast.
1: Mm. I think that's our combined weight, too, so over 700 pounds.
0: I had wrestling this past weekend, and I got a chance to see a lot of people that I haven't seen in several months and even several years. A lot of people came out for the show when I was uh, lamenting about my current physical condition.
1: <laughs> right. And
0: uh, I was talking to a friend of mine, uh, yeah, I, Mike Burns, uh, owner of Smart Mark Video. Not that that means anything to you, but when I told him uh, my he when I told him my weight. He high fived me and saying, "I look good for being that fat." Wow! And I'm like, "Well, I don't was... feel good for being that fat."
1: Well, he complimented you, so you should mm-hmm. feel you should feel pretty,
0: right? Oh boy, it's been a long time since I felt pretty. I'd say about forty one and a half years. Wow! And I'm sure those first six months of my life where I had no cogniz- cognizant thought and I was just a lump. I probably felt pretty good about myself, so i 'm trying
1: to figure out the last time I felt pretty, mm. but i don 't know when the last time I was at a strip club
0: was oh. <laughs> so you know it's been a while for me too, as i am thinking about it it's
1: It's a long time. I tried when our birthday I had those free cards, but yeah. uh
0: <laughs> you look like a guy who frequents strip clubs. Yep, still a classic
1: Todd story. But I'm trying to think of the last time I was at one. I mean, it has to be over like four or five years ago, and that was probably for a bachelor party or something.
0: Right, I think a lot of people of our age range don't do bachelor parties at strip clubs anymore.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I would say that, no, definitely... I would say it's been over seven years. We need to rectify that.
1: Mm. We need a a long box heroes after dark strip club extravaganza.
0: (laughs) Extravaganza. Now see, that's the problem going to these places for me is I don't like to spend money in that way. What? I don't, I don't have a tangible good that comes back with me.
1: I gotcha. Mm. I gotcha. But,
0: I mean, like, I, and I don't want to go to a place where there's a cover. Um, we have cards. Hmm. <laughs> that's true. But, but then that's okay. So then the other thing is <laughs> I want to go somewhere that's like dank. And they got rid of all the dank places around here.
1: Oh, I know dank. I mean, we're not talking Leo's Roadhouse it's dank, but we right. still that's got dank. Want. You want dank? You want Zoidberg without the shell? Is what you want? Yes. Okay, I can manage that.
0: <laughs> okay, all these places uh, are too highfalutin these days.
1: That is true.
0: I they all I, they all feel uh, too good about themselves.
1: I like the one in Wilkesbury serves food now. That's what I want.
0: I the and again this is over by the whatever it's called the Wachovia or, or Kate Mohegan Sun Arena at Casey Plaza.
1: I thought you were going say Mohegan Sun Oregano. <laughs> no,
0: no. Uh, it's been that for a while. Right. So when you get off 81 to go there, you take a right you go to the arena. And if you keep going right to the next light, like directly after the arena, it's like you pass the entrance to the arena, you pass the arena itself, you see like the service entrance where all the trucks and everything are there. Mm-hmm. And then you come to the next light and there's a strip club right there. Sure. Teasers. Right. And Todd. Right. And, that's, and Todd knows that one. And as, that's the one that Todd's mentioning about that serves food now. Right. I think they all serve food. It's just this place publicly advertised they, it. Right. Like Leo's have... Roadhouse serve food, but they're not going to say hot dogs rolled fresh daily outside. <laughs>
1: But we did buy the last can of raviolis.
0: That's true, and the last cup of uh, ramen noodles.
1: That is true. But I think only teasers. I know a couple of the other clubs. I don't think they have the like. They they actually don't have food. I think you could buy like nuts and 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 pretzels and stuff, but not get a hamburger.
0: Teasers, you can get a burger. Right. So teasers has a big sign there that says like burgers and fries, free lunch from eleven to (laughs) four. Right. No and
1: a free lunch joe
0: i've i've wanted to so many a times when i have asa with me where we drive by there and i'm like hey buddy let's get out of the car <laughs> stage a picture of him in front of that sign that says like lunch 11 to 4 mm-hmm. and says hey and like send it to whomever and say hey guess where we stopped for lunch today that's fantastic
1: my father would have actually done that but gone in with me
0: right well at the age of seven I don't think uh, they'd allow him in. But he's a he's a charmer, so he might get in, you know? He
1: is, he is too. just. I give him the, car, the free pass. They'll let him in. They have to. By law, I think.
0: Right. But I think the last time that I went into a strip club was the first time that I went to when they changed Leo's Roadhouse over to whatever it is now.
1: Which I was I, not a fan
0: of. No, I think it's called the In Between Lounge, maybe.
1: Maybe I don't know. It'll always be Leo's Roadhouse in my in my heart.
0: Right, and then we went down the road to the Carousel, which had gone through many different iterations. But I think that place might be closed.
1: May I don't know. I I I know more close clubs than because there was teasers and then there was I don't know club club eighteen which which used to be Super Dads.
0: Right, all, all the good stuff. And now Super Dads is the one, like, past, like, DJs. It's, like, in the Poconos, technically, right?
1: No, uh, Super Dads was the one that's on the way to the Windsor.
0: Oh, uh, yes,
1: okay. In Waymart, I think. And then there was the Diamond Club, which was the old Ballpark Lounge.
0: Is that one still open?
1: Yes, and there's also a bathhouse
0: now there. I know for a while they were doing limo rides.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, kind of taking doing... you off-premises for whatever may or may not happen.
1: Right. I think the car broke down.
0: Oh. No, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know on that.
1: But I uh, – yeah, that that was – I remember when that was the ballpark lounge. And then something sketchy happened to the owner. And then it became the Diamond Club under, <laughs> under new management. Right. But it's been the Diamond Club for a while, hasn't it? Yes, for a, like – oh my god it's got to be 15 years because the ballpark was was the when the red barons came that's why they called it the ballpark
0: mm-hmm. they have a yelp page oh let me look at their yelp page
1: i don't want to give them a bad review well, they have
0: 4.0 that's not bad
1: that is that's my they gpa a,
0: they got a facebook page oh it does it okay, so it appears as though the Facebook page doesn't get updated very often oh, wow uh and they do have uh there are nights where they will have um uh it looks like like pizza and wings, you know Oh! I hope they
1: bring those in
0: mhm lot of uh stock photos no on the uh on the website. They are displaying proudly their Weekender Awards <laughs> of uh, Best Dancer, Best Bouncer, and then Best Club.
1: Well, you need the Best Bouncer if you're going to have a club like that. And that's
0: true. I've never
1: been escorted out of a strip club, but I've been, let's say, severely like, like looked at to leave a club. <laughs> but that's about it
0: right now there's only two now first of all i got to give credit to the two people who wrote reviews (laughs) right uh of this one one who actually has a picture with his uh his uh profile here one is uh they're from a long time ago though of course Uh, I'll read this gentleman who has his picture here. I need something with more recent reviews. Anyway, okay, so he just says, uh, the boys and I ventured in on a slow Tuesday night. Boy, did we get all the attention we could ask for. (laughs) That was, that was a key tip. Go in on, like, a weeknight. Right. And you get the, uh... You get the uh the whatever you know
1: mm-hmm. you get the extra attention,
0: yeah, uh, while avoiding con eye contact with some of the less desirable dancers, I caught an intense tenth inning of a Yankee game on the thirteen inch t v hanging on the wall about forty yards away.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I recommend only coming here if you 're too drunk to drive, uh, <laughs> and Uber will bring you right to the door v i p style
1: there you go,
0: uh huh. Speaking. Uh, watching, wait. Uh,
1: go ahead. <laughs> wait.
0: Hang on. Then the uh, the final line of this says, "Private dances left me with some unfinished business, but nothing I couldn't handle myself in the parking lot."
1: <laughs> My goodness. I'll I'll never forget going to I think it was the Pleasure Dome. I think that's the one up by DJs. Mm-hmm. Um, years and years ago, and uh, this was when you know Cartoon Network was running stuff all night. And we're sitting there and the summer you sitting there and the 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 lady the the lovely lady comes over to give him a dance and he's like Oh 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 Captain Marvel's fighting Superman on Justice League. <laughs> Gimme a minute.
0: Oh my goodness. <laughs> were
1: watching Justice League Unlimited on the on the little TV above the bar. I was cracking up. And I was like, All right, you gotta have your priorities.
0: Now I'm so it claims the get the getaway lounge. I don't think that place exists anymore.
1: I was looking up some of them. Are I think the old Super Dads is gone too.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I think Super Dads is Tattletales now. Uh
1: it might be Tattletales.
0: Mm-hmm. Now the getaway. Now the getaway lounge. Hmm. I do have a Facebook page. Okay. There's a recent review here, like literally from a week ago.
1: Ooh, that's current.
0: Uh, and it just says, and, and this is right up my alley, it says, fun place to have a drink and relax, filled with a lot of regulars, never a bad time, great dive bar. And that, you know, it sounds like right up my alley.
1: You, you, that, you, that's what you were looking for.
0: Mm-hmm. That is what I was looking for. Now, there's another one. I don't know where Lakewood PA is. Neither do I. Does this sound familiar to you? No. But there's a place here that's that's called Uncle Spiggy's Shrimp and Titties. <laughs> Let's go.
1: <sighs> and I just found out it's not Tattletales anymore. Mm-hmm. Up in Carbondale, that's it's on the way to Carbondale. So I think it's like Waymart or whatever. It's called Sinner's Swing Gentleman's Club now. Oh. So. That's, you know, and I'm looking at uh, reviews now right. to see if there's anything that that could... Uh...
0: I think this Uncle Spiggies may be fake. Okay. That's all. They have things on here that say kids eat free. Uh, they have a thing here that says a sign outside the building says uh, beautiful girls and one ugly one. <laughs> okay. That's all.
1: Well, I guess... Uh, Sinner Swing Gentleman's Club is under new management, Joe, as of mm. two months ago. Since under new ownership, this place has turned around drastically. The staff is friendly. Owner is nice. Uh, parentheses, everyone has teeth in their mouth. All right. The dancers are fun, and the establishment is overall clean. VIP rooms are updated with personal AMI boxes for individual preferred music. The dancers are well-dressed, and the barmaid is sexy as hell. As as BYOB is not overpriced at $10 at the door for woman or man, the girls are fun and perky, and no one was falling over intoxicated. Hmm. I don't know. That's too good of a place for you.
0: Yes, it certainly does sound a little too classy for me. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, enough of this. We actually have other things to discuss here, don't we?
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess. I mean, if you want to discuss other things. This was, this is the fun stuff, but go ahead.
0: So, we have uh, Al's Gals this week, uh, mm-hmm. where we discussed the uh, finale, the series finale. They canceled it after seven mm-hmm. successful seasons of Hill Street Blues, plus the spinoff, Beverly Hills Buns, where
1: mm-hmm. they uh,
0: took the popular Not Sipowitz character, who would later become Sipowitz
1: mm-hmm.
0: and spun him off onto his own series, which was so successful that they only aired nine of the uh, 13 filmed episodes.
1: Well, we'll get to that, but I don't think the world was ready for Beverly Hills Buns.
0: Yeah, we'll certainly get there. <laughs> right. Uh, so I watched the, uh, Hill Street Blues episode first, right? Right. And if this is one of those things where we had more time in our lives, I think we would have probably watched maybe an episode at least beforehand, maybe one.
1: Right. It seems like there was a lot of t- uh, storylines going on.
0: Right. So it seemed like there was a lot of storylines going on. I would say that the main crux of this, uh, is, and again, I, I want to say not Sipowitz, but, uh, what was, it was, uh... Dennis Franz's name on the show Bunce his last name is Bunce but I want to pay him respect because he's the baby face of the show
1: oh, okay so it's called uh, the baby
0: face by their Norman
1: Norman Bunce
0: Norman Bunce so he gets framed for some sort of crime pinching a suitcase full of cocaine right
1: spectrox yes
0: right and he's gonna get tossed off the force and then his buddy Sid who's a snitch uh with a very interesting hairstyle oh beautiful that's a hairstyle that I don't think was ever in style. And I don't, I think he may have been, he being uh, Sid, the actor, Peter, Jurassic. Mm-hmm. He may have been the first, only, and last person ever to have that hairstyle. Not only on TV or on whatever, but just in general.
1: I don't know. I think that was pretty popular in the 80s. I,
0: <laughs> Todd, I have no recollection. Of, like when, I, when we were doing the research last week and I pulled up the image of this, mm-hmm. the TV guide ad, if you will, <laughs> yeah. I was shocked because it's, you know, there's the very popular hairstyle of the person who's balding, but they've got like that little thin wisp in between the horseshoe of hair that's remaining. <laughs> right. And they try to make the most of it, right? hmm So Sid's hair looks like, He had the two parts go down the middle, almost as though there was like a mohawk starting in the middle. But then he still had the horseshoe around the side. And then he just tried to style what was in the middle, which was quite a bit more than just the few wisps, similar to what uh, uh, Dennis Franz has.
1: Right. And I think I would call it like a burrito, like he rolled it up somehow.
0: (laughs) Okay, Yeah, like if you looked at it, that middle part was like a horn. I don't know how he did that. So that's so the main uh, crux of this episode is um, is Dennis Franz's character, Norman Bunce, attempting to clear his good name,
1: mm-hmm. do the
0: investigation. There's something going on. But also at the same time, there was a fire at Hill Street Blues. So now the, the police station is a bustling mess, right? hmm. Plus, on top of this, you have a Geraldo Rivera esque uh analog if you will who is doing his own al capone's vault gimmick very timely i say wow because i I think the al capone thing uh when did the al capone's vault happen in relation to the airing of this
1: um i'm probably right around that time that aired on tv 1986 april 21st two years prior Oh, then they're like, while the iron's hot. Right.
0: Well, that that was the sort of turnaround that you had. Like a thing would have more of a public consciousness. You know, Mm -hmm. you would do one big thing and it would kind of last for a while. It's not in like today's news or pop culture media cycle.
1: Especially since it was such a flop, like, right. It was just like, Hey, we open it up and there's like bottle caps. You know what I mean?
0: Right. But then we, uh, so then we have a bunch of other like little stories going on where you've got the guy who's killing the hookers with piano wire. Mm -hmm. You got the side story of the Geraldo guy who's paying cops just to show up to make things look more official. You have the Serpico knockoff guy who's having problems with his taxes Mm-hmm. And then you have the whole thing with the chief and the whoever that was who Sipowitz ends up punching out on TV.
1: Like the commissioner or something right. like
0: that. So while this was a very busy episode, I, I would say that I would have known more. I would have felt more fulfilled if I would seen more of this. Mm-hmm. But I feel as though I got a complete story out of this episode.
1: I have to admit, yes. As I was watching, I'm like, "There's a lot going on here," but they juggled the time very well.
0: Right, it it, was great time management. That's a good point.
1: It was almost like, and I don't want to say a machine gun pace, but close, because it'd be like, "Here's a here's like like a a minute and a half, a minute forty five of these characters move on to the next one, and it would roll around so the story would make sense." And that was what, That was basically. What put Hill Street Blues on the map? Because before this, like, you got to remember, cop shows didn't have the, you know, the, the rolling over of stories. It was like you had your crime of the week. The cop, you know, never lost his case. You know what I mean? Like, it was, I mean, I know this was... uh 20 years before, but it was all dragnet before that or car, you know, uh, or, or emergency or whatever the other one was. But, and this was like, that's what put it on the map. Steven Botchko writing. he's like, Oh, well here's their private lives and here's what's going on behind the scenes. And, and, you know, all right, this takes four episodes to wrap up. And, I, and I'm like, you know what? I remember watching this now when I was younger at this time, I would only been 13 around uh 86 or whatever Mm -hmm. uh so i probably didn't like you know i wasn't up at 10 o'clock at night watching this but i probably watched this in reruns and later on when it was probably on like nick at night and stuff like that and remembering how like it triggered a lot of like memories of episodes that i saw and scenes that i really liked from this i liked hill street blues
0: right i I never watched this and i was actually going to mention this you know as you said in reruns and on nick at night and stuff there's no reason that this show should not be airing somewhere. Like I'm sure that it is, right? I'm sure it's on MeTV or Antenna TV or one of these things. Right. But why is this not on a streaming service? This is prime to be rediscovered. Outside of, you know, a few suspect clothing lines or clothing choices and Sid's hairstyle, hmm. this is pretty much an evergreen show. Now. Mm-hmm. Again, there, I, I, I do have to point out a fault or two of this in that there's a lot of phone acting in this episode. A ton of phone acting where somebody just picks up a phone, says, get me the desk, sergeant. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. Oh, he just went by. Oh, all right. Well, tell him I'll see him on his way out. Right. Or answers the phone. Hello? Yeah, this is Sipowitz. What do you mean you saw him with a suitcase? And he was heading where? <laughs> 15th Street. I'm on my way. There was a ton of that.
1: What are you saying? Everybody was Han Solo and the phone was Chewbacca?
0: There was even a scene where there was, like, somebody who was on the phone with someone, and then it cut to a pic—like, so there's a scene in the middle. It's kind of like the beginning of, like, where the third act would be. Mm -hmm. That is—it's definitely not one shot, because I saw a few cuts there. But it goes seamlessly through the precinct, Right. Mm -hmm. following and just, like, moving from character to character to character from the one office out the door. Right. And it was, like, so beautifully shot. If I saw that or somebody saw that in a movie, you'd be like, wow, that was a really good shot. That was very skilled. And you didn't typically see that sort of direction on TV, especially, like, a TV show in the 80s, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, now also, I, if I didn't mention this before, Hill Street Blues should have should be called character actor, the TV show. Right. Because it's just all character actors. Like I'm popping like I'm like, oh, it's Lawrence Tyranny. Oh, it's uh Jeffrey Tambor. It's this one. It's that one. You know, it's like <laughs> right. just littered with these great character actors who were either at the tail end of their careers or like kicking something bigger off. Or like this was the beginning of like maybe a resurgence for them. Um, but also I wanted to mention, I knew I forgot, Betty Thomas plays a big role in this. Right. And Betty Thomas, director of the Private Parts Howard Stern movie. Yep. I had, she had a couple other things. She might have directed one of the Chip Chipmunk movies, the sequel or <laughs> Chipwrecked or one of those damn things, right? <laughs> right. But, you know, she had a pretty successful career as a director, and uh, she, I think she won, like, Emmys and stuff for a performance in this. Hill Street Blues is a good show that people need to revisit, like, yesterday.
1: I'm actually shocked that they haven't, re- like like, the way all these shows are coming back. Like, you know, mad about you or, you know, I'm trying to think of what some of the other ones are that there's like, you know, like full house, whatever. It doesn't matter. There's this, this nostalgia thing on that. You, you just don't do Hill Street Blues the next generation. You know, you get somebody from the original series to show up and walk through. Like, hey, I see you're still Hill Street Blue in it, and just like walk, and you're like, yeah, it's it's official. It's you know, the the years later because uh-uh. I think you could do it. I really, I really do. I think Hill Hill Street Blues. You know, it,
0: it, I'm with you. is a great show. It appears as though the entire run is on uh, Hulu. If that's your thing.
1: Oh, there you go. I'll probably I might start you know binging
0: that again. But I say this. They're they're foolish for not pushing that as a bigger thing. Right. Why not get someone, some punk kid in marketing or some Twitter person who's not me or you mm-hmm. and tell them, hey, we have this series, right? Right. Go, you know, we're gonna give you a hundred bucks. Just throwing out a number, right? Go. Raise the profile of this show. If you raise the profile of the show, we'll give you a 1000 bucks. If you really raise the profile, and they could track those sort of things, you know, through social media and, you know, views through Hulu. And, you know, why did you, you know, and you could do a code. It's like, oh, well, I signed up for Hulu because I saw a bunch of people talking about Hill Street Blues. And you just have to be one guy who starts it. It's a really good show. And it's not like one of these things that, like, oh, i already got to watch this piece of crap show for, like, kitsch value. It's like, no, it's an actual good show that I don't think people give enough credit to.
1: Joe, you want to know what you lead with if you're going to talk about Hill Street Blues? Mm. Do you want to know how many Emmy Awards Hill Street Blues won?
0: I would say 100.
1: 24. Okay. Well, I was off. Do you know how many awards Hill Street Blues was? emmy awards was nominated for
0: uh 100
1: 96
0: oh uh, so i was closer there
1: yeah like that's in seven seasons a ridiculous amount of emmy nominations <laughs> right
0: over a seven year run that it had Mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. i do my gazintas <laughs> yeah uh, that's like 13 nominations a season
1: that's probably something like that. That's
0: pretty good. Maybe 14? I don't know. Uh, I don't know my consensus right now.
1: It's 13.7142857143.
0: You did that in your head, didn't you?
1: Yeah, I'm am a mathlete, I'm not an
0: athlete. <laughs> so um if it comes out that someone from Internal Affairs is the one who stole it, uh, flubbed up the investigation to pin it on Sipowicz. I know that's mm-hmm. not his name, but that's, you know, new, NYPD Blue.
1: Which, by the way, NYPD Blue's coming back, but go ahead.
0: Right, okay, so, you mentioned about NYPD Blue's coming back, Mad About You, Darman, Greg, all these shows are coming back. Is, are we past 80s nostalgia into 90s nostalgia?
1: That must be what it is, because Friends, you know, everybody talking about Friends leaving Netflix is going to be Armageddon.
0: Right, and Office leaving Netflix, people are going to go out of their minds for. And that's not an old show. That's a 10-year-old-plus show. Yep. So uh, they, so they have all these other little plot threads, right? So even though it's figured out that, uh, you know, Bunce, Dennis Franz, Sipowitz didn't do it, he still punches out the the commissioner live on TV. They do everything they can to squash it. So he's off the force. Then you have that one cop who he was the one who kind of helped with the investigation of the guy who was killing the hookers. And then he gets the relationship with the one girl. Mm-hmm. And you have all these little plot. Th- and then you have the, the the Serpico guy, right? That was my favorite. That one actually made me sad. Right. And it did. Like, I, it was very touching the way that it was shot. And he was a really good actor. The, way, the performance of it, it was great. Uh, So you have all these different things that you could go if you want to continue the storylines of any of these these, uh, Hill Street Blues
1: characters.
0: (laughs) They choose the fish-out-of-water technique of taking Dennis Franz's character and Sid the Rat's character, moving them across the United States to be private investigators against the backdrop of glitz and glamour in Beverly Hills.
1: Which is hot off, you know, the several years old uh, Beverly Hills Cop movie.
0: Right. And you know, that's exactly what it is. Uh, Like, hey, can we make a Beverly Hills Cop TV show? No, we need Beverly Hills. And that's like when Beverly Hills became hot. Like you have your true Beverly Hills movie with uh, uh, Shelley Shelley Long. Long, And then uh, uh, Beverly Hills 90210 becomes a thing. Beverly Hills is hot. There was a thing
1: with the guy who was in 48 hours. There was a Beverly Hills movie too, but yeah.
0: Down, to down Lots Beverly of Beverly Hills. Hills. Yeah. So like just putting Beverly Hills in the title of your show is hot. Let's get that out there. Let's you know, we're going to sell the show just on that, right? Mhm. This doesn't work.
1: What? It has amazing stories, Joe,
0: and writing. No, we should have watched Amazing Stories instead. Right. That
1: was a good show.
0: That was but, a Joe. Good show. Boy, amazing stories had a lot of good episodes. Yes, they did. Most of their stories were amazing. Right. Amazing to even really
1: good. Right. But, Joe, before we even get to all that stuff, Sid the (laughs) Snitch does does an opportunity where he's his own twin brother who makes cats eat less. And we get a scene of him fat shaming a cat where in the 80s were you going to get anything better than that second of all the cat had better reaction than most of the actors in the shot that it was in it trying to get out of the, the desk drawer while he was stuffing
0: it in that was very believable joe totally believable the b story on this was suspect right
1: oh the girl the the woman who, who no the
0: suspect. cat stuff the cat well are you gonna say the the cat stuff is the c story then <laughs> no the cat stuff is the a story oh my goodness <laughs> Because I say that the A stuff is uh, uh, Franz and him running afoul of the lady who lives in the building where he's running his private detective thing, where she's a writer and he thinks that there's like some sort of whatever going on, but it's just people rehearsing a scene. So he kicks down the plywood door that is <laughs> on the whatever. It's like, wow, that sip of sure is strong. He just kicked the door and it just ob- obliterated the splinters. All right, but it had glass too oh my goodness so then of course she gets ripped off by a guy and then bonce goes chasing him and then he gets into a big slug fest with him in some delightful old white guy tv <laughs> fight choreography <laughs> yeah. and the problem is they try to make this a comedy. And like, yes, Sid is supposed to be the comic relief character. There's the scene where he's wearing the boxing robe and he's singing and he's dancing down the hallway. And you mentioned the stuff with him fat shaming the cat. And it's just none of that stuff worked. Maybe if I was more invested in the Sid character through the previous seven seasons of Hill Street Blues, which I was not, Mm -hmm. I I think they should have focused more on the Bunce character in this, where it seemed as though they were trying to split time between these two characters, where it should have been 75% Bunce and 25% uh, Sid.
1: Right. And I even want to say Sid the Snitch was created in, like, the last season of Hill Street Blues. Like, they were they were leading up. Do you know what I mean? Like, to, to go into that. Oh, no, he was in 25 episodes. All right, so... I guess he was probably all all through it, but uh, I I think the uh, the scene where he's in the he's doing the dance in the robe with the big boombox is fantastic, Joe. It's it's Sid's tour de force probably of his entire career. Oh my god, I'm with you. And my favorite part too is as you like the old white guy fight. I like the fact that uh, Bunce was fooled by the fake dialogue that the woman wrote. But when he when he when when the guy when the real guy came to smack her around, he was like, ah, it's just more of that fake dialogue. I'm like, so you got fooled by the real stuff, but you didn't go and help for. I'm like, this is funny. This is really, I mean, not funny in a in a in a good way, but like, wow, this is. I don't know. It just Beverly Hills Bunts. I don't know what they were thinking. I'm with you because, especially like Sipowicz was never the comic relief on hill street blues he was like that the, the tough cop blah blah blah. right so like when you get over here and they like what do we have we have tough nose hard nose sipowitz hard fight and high, hard shooting what are we going to do what, let's make it a comedy it's like i don't think you knew what you were doing with the character i i i i'm with you
0: right and if you uh head over to a friend of the show uh kevin hellions team hellions you'll see Uh, He kind of echoes a lot of our sentiments in this regard Mm -hmm. that maybe it's just like they this, as we discuss it and hash this out, seems as though somebody pitched a Beverly Hills Cop TV show. And either it didn't get picked up or they didn't have an Eddie Murphy or whatever it is. And they just filed some of the serial numbers off of it Mm -hmm. and stuck Sipowitz in it.
1: It's like, hey, take all the Bronson Pinchot scenes and give them to Sid the Snitch.
0: Right now, this makes me wonder here. We're talking about Beverly Hills Buns. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Beverly Hills Cop. I want to look this up to see if it ever got to a point of them doing like a spinoff or something, you know?
1: I don't think so. I think they just did the three movies, mm-hmm. which I'm surprised we never got a fourth recently. Like Eddie Murphy needed that that Beverly Hills Cop four
0: check. Well, he's doing a Netflix special, right? Is he doing that? I heard he turned that down. No, I I saw a bunch of a bunch of movie or a bunch of uh, money was thrown around. I know it was a ridiculous amount too. Wasn't like eighty million dollars? It was some. I think it was like forty four million dollars. It was some crazy number.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, I know, as I see here, the internet tells me that they tried to do, like, a TV movie about six years ago of uh, Beverly Hills Cop, where it was uh, Axel Foley's son.
1: Oh, my God, really? Hmm? Don't remember that.
0: I. Not a lot of people do.
1: And I just want to throw it there. You know who the actress w- uh, was who played uh, the woman in Beverly Hills Buns? She was, the, she was the wife that Chevy Chase has to protect in the Fletch movie. That was her, that was her uh, big role in her whole life. I looked through her IMDb, and that, it, that's it. It's Fletch.
0: hmm So. Right. So I'm seeing here from an interview that Eddie Murphy did in 2015. He says that there was a pilot. uh, And they pitched to him that he should be a recurring character on the show. Um, And he turned that down. And then once he turned that down, the show just kind of never got off the ground. Uh, Then he says that there's uh, talk that there's going to be a Beverly Hills Cop 4. And this was like 2016. And I don't think that ever happened. Where Eddie Murphy says, I don't think film is going to start anytime soon. This is in that 2015 interview. Uh, filming is supposed to be in Detroit. They're still working in the script. Everything has to be right. The third one was garbage. Um, and he says, if, we, if I do that movie, it has to be right. Not just thrown together to get a big check. I don't need those anymore. Now. <laughs> Eddie Murphy's saying that in 2015, that he doesn't need the the movies just to have a big check thrown at him, right?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Let me go look at his IMDb. Oh, boy. So... Actually, that's right around the last time that he did anything. Prior to that was when he did all those uh, things that they're just going to throw money at me for. Uh meet Dave, imagine that, a thousand words, all that sort of crap. Mm-hmm. And then he did do a cameo in the aforementioned Beverly Hills cop TV movie, but that's the last thing on his IMDB list.
1: Uh okay.
0: So I don't know, Eddie Murphy maybe sticking to his word there. I was gonna call him out, so I apologize, Eddie, if you're listening.
1: But just so you know, he does have, I know for a fact on this, it might not be on his IMDb, is he has Coming to America 2 coming out next year.
0: Right, okay, so, those are things that are being filmed that allegedly coming out. We'll see. What? Like, and you
1: know what, I know you're, you're, you're joking, but he has, like, Shrek money. That's and true. He,
0: and didn't he... He yeah, has Johnny Professor money. He's got Norbit money, which is ridiculous. That there's Nor there's money to be had with Norbit, right? But then he
1: actually like after all like around all that, his he did Dreamgirls, and he ended up got like nominated for a bunch of awards. And I think he probably was like, you know what? I, I'm with you. Like he did Tower Heist and all that. But I he I probably believe that he doesn't need the money and his. His career took a hit because of, like, or not his career, but his legacy is going to take a hit for all those bad things at the end.
0: I know we've talked about it here before on the show. That's kind of like Nick Cage with his Oscar. Uh, Adam Carolla had said this, that when you get an Oscar that... uh, it should be made out of chocolate, and every time that you, take a bad, <laughs> that you do a bad movie, you have to take a bite out of it. <laughs> yeah. And then once you've done enough bad movies that there's no more Oscar left, you can no longer call yourself an Academy Award winner.
1: Unless you win another one.
0: Right, unless you win another one.
1: And then the whole s- cycle starts
0: again. Right. You're like Tom Hanks, and you're like, nom, 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 I'm just going to keep doing it. I'll make, a, I'll, I'll make an Oscar award-winning movie every two years. Everybody can pound sand. Yeah, and now there's a guy... Has he had any, like, you know, like, bombs lately? You say bombs and you say lately, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Tom Hanks does blockbusters anymore. I think the movies that he does just end up being good enough that everyone goes to see them. You know what I mean? Like, he's not in some sort of tent tentpole film or something, right? Oh,
1: no. He's not going to be in the next Avengers movie. But I'm just saying, like, has he had any... When I say bombs, I mean, like, he has Forrest Gump. He has Castaway. He has all those movies. Like, does he have any, like, okay. like Pluto Nashes in there? Like, you're like, woof, Tom, what were you thinking? Okay,
0: so... I guess you okay so looking at just you know i'm going only back like the last 10 years let's say right you know because your mileage may vary i personally think bachelor party is a fantastic film (laughs) other people may not um you could say the da vinci code movies right Mm -hmm. they made a lot of money but they're critically panned right uh he was let me look here there's some movie called My... Oh, no, he was only the executive producer on that. Um, he, like, yep. the Toy Story movies help him out. So, okay, I guess there's one that's called Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close, which was based on a book. And it's based around the 9-11 attacks. Right. And it was critically... and and did poorly at the box office
1: right i'm looking at something now that like i'm looking at cloud atlas and even though that
0: was was next on the list
1: 2004 and that had a budget
0: now now, cloud atlas is 2012
1: oh i'm sorry the film i'm the book was 2004 my mistake my mistake Um, where that, according to the, his, it's Wikipedia page had a budget of somewhere between 128 and 146. They have net and gross and everything. And it only made $130 million. So like, that's his, that's his stinker but then I know like movies like like Bridge of Spies is, you know, nominated occasionally or, or probably had something with their The Post, I think, was another one that was critically acclaimed. And I don't know, those Toy Story movies, I think, do something
0: right. Uh, he's there's something here called Inferno. What was that? Inferno is something with him and Felicity Jones. Right. Hey, that made. Oh, know. that's oh, in, that's a continuation of the uh, the Da Vinci Code. Da Vinci movies. Code. So right. So they keep making them, but they don't make a ton of money, or they don't. Uh, they're they're critically panned. Right. Right. But then you know he's more so on the top of things than the bottom of things. You know. Yeah, he has more hits than misses. Right. So good for him but he spaces his stuff out you know
1: mm-hmm. and he's one of those good guys that uh that the the people and the internet like and we ha- they haven't turned on him yet hopefully they never will hopefully tom hanks will be in a an american treasure till you know forever
0: uh i think he'll be okay i i don't see him getting wrapped up in any sort of scandal i hope so he could be the last um, I don't want to say relatable, but non problematic movie star that we have left.
1: What about Keanu Reeves? Everybody loves him.
0: Yeah, everyone's back around on Keanu, but I think Keanu's gotten more misses than hits. He's had a right. good run over the last like maybe like five or six years.
1: Well, that's why he's relatable with Joe Schmo is because he's had more misses than hits.
0: I guess mm-hmm. he's the he's the lovable hunk.
1: <sighs> hunk of what? I'll never know.
0: Right. All right, so we're completely off the subject. Go watch Hill Street Blues on Hulu. D- don't bother watching Beverly Hills Bunce. It was terrible.
1: Beverly Hills home run instead of a
0: bunce. Ugh. Beverly Hills ground rule double. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: uh, Beverly
0: Hills infield in fly rule. Beverly
1: Hills balk. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. All right, everybody. So thanks for listening to uh, episode 245 of Longbox Heroes After Dark. Uh, You know, of course, longboxheroes.com. You can support us on Patreon. A dollar a month will get you access to the old shows that Todd and I did with our good buddy DJ back some nine, ten years ago. Also at $5 a month. That'll get you After Dark early. And who knows, with vacation coming up this week, maybe you might get something else early. I don't know. There is a teaser to go sign up for the Patreon. Mhm. And uh yeah, you know, um thanks for listening
1: everybody and uh